0: Hello, thank you for tuning in to Beekeeper Confidential. I'm your host, Mandy. Today's episode is with my friend and fellow beekeeper, Wei Chow. This is actually the first episode that I recorded, but because it was my first time using my Zoom recorder, I didn't have the audio levels set just right, so it actually took me a while to figure out how to edit this. Uh, So I'm excited that I've finished it, and I'm really happy to share it with you guys. So here we go. Way is an accountant by day, but also loves to keep bees. He and his father have been keeping bees together for the past five years in both Washougal, Washington, and in Beaverton, Oregon. In this episode, we talk about police escorted swarms, bees in birdhouses, oxalic acid, and the F word that no beekeeper ever wants to hear. Foul brood. Way, how did you get into beekeeping?
1: I first got interested in it back in, I can't remember what year it was. It was when I was in college. I was taking some summer classes. I had to take a backcourt class. I saw that there was a four-week entomology class available for the summer, fulfilled one of my back I like, eh, I'll take it. And the teacher ended up being the master beekeeper at Oregon State uh, University.
0: And though Wei didn't get into beekeeping at the time, it was always something that was in the back of his mind. It wasn't until about 10 years later that Wei met up with a fishing buddy who also happened to be a beekeeper. That beekeeper was kind enough to take Wei under his wing and help him get started with
1: bees. I remember it was that spring. My wife and I were taking a walk. Uh, I was like looking around and then all of a sudden I saw this activity, you know, looked up and was, I didn't realize what it was, but it ended up being um A swarm of bees that clustered up about a block away from here.
0: So imagine this. You've been waiting to keep bees for 10 years. And then a swarm appears less than a block away from your house, and you don't have any beekeeping gear. No! God, please, no! No! Well, that's what happened with Way. And after that swarm... His wife said, okay, if you really want to do this, go get your equipment. And so he did. He bought the suit, the gloves, the veil, the hive equipment. And it was later on that year that his beekeeper friend gave him a small swarm that he had caught. And he also recommended that Wei purchase a larger colony just to get him started.
1: I ended up buying another colony. Overwintered it. Wow. He, oh I got it up to about to you know, with feeding and everything, I got it to two deeps. So then that year, I had one colony, and I made it through. And then I emptied out the dead one and um, got it all prepped up and kind of left it there.
0: As it turns out, Way's neighbor had a honeybee colony living in a large birdhouse in their yard, and it swarmed. Fortunately, Way was there to capture it.
1: <laughs> Took a nuke box over there, shook it in there, got stung um and then <laughs> dumped it into uh the MTB hive.
0: Did they still have the birdhouse with the bees in it?
1: Um no, it ended up dying that year. I think what it what happened was is um two things might have. Happened. One, somebody might have sprayed them because so oh. he, they were saying somebody all of a sudden they said they saw a lot of dead ones in front of the the hive or two, it overswarmed and it swarmed itself to death because he, they say that it swarmed around four times or five times that year. Mm. So I don't know. But that swarm that I got from ended up, the queen had some issues. I can't remember what it was called, maybe it was chalk brood or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I noticed that the brood was kind of melting on the bottom or whatever. And then, like all new beekeepers, you're thinking, worst case scenario, I got AFB, <laughs> I got foul EFB. Foul brood, yeah. I got, me. <laughs> yeah, I got foul brood. Ah!
0: Let's talk about fowl brood. American fowl brood is a bacterial infection that reaches a spore stage, which means that the spores themselves can be very hard to identify and manage once your colony is infected. There are antibiotics available. However, it is recommended that you burn any affected equipment and destroy anything that the colony has come into contact with. American fowl brood is a brood disease that causes the larva to essentially melt into a disgusting goo. One way to test your colony, if you suspect that you have it, is to do the ropiness test. You take a toothpick or a stick and dip it into the cell with the gooey larva. When you pull out the stick and it's ropey, then you likely have foul brood. Another indication is your colony will take on a really disgusting smell similar to sweaty dirty socks. Beehives should always smell delicious. So if you open your hive and it smells funky, you might want to look a little bit closer to see if you may have foul brood. Another foul brood disease is European foul brood. It's similar to American foul brood, however it does not reach the spore stage. Therefore, it is easier to manage. There are medications available to treat it. It's also recommended that you requeen your hive. In this circumstance, Wei is referring to chalk brood, which is a fungal infection that happens when a colony is under stress. The colony is under stress via bad weather, poor foraging conditions, poor nutrition. It's a combination of things that can happen in a colony. Generally, a healthy colony can manage it on their own by removing the mummified larva. If it seems that your colony is having a hard time managing the condition, you can requeen it with a more hygienic stock. For more information on brood diseases, you can visit the Bee Informed Partnership online, or you can also read the Bee Cabulary Essentials by Andrew Connor, forward by Dewey Karen. So with the stock that you have now, would you say the majority of it is probably feral?
1: Yeah, I let's see. I think out of the all of them now, I have one queen still left that was from Thad Star from you know Star Farms. Mm-hmm. Uh, otherwise, everything else is is feral, mm-hmm. uh, and it's really interesting seeing these feral ones because they all have different. I don't know if you call them characteristics, but maybe more of how aggressive or not aggressive they are. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: like me, Wei is a swarm catcher, so I asked him some of his best practices replacing swarm traps.
1: I think I look for you know look for somewhere where it's kind of woody or there's a lot of trees around you know edges of forests and uh, and also what I've noticed it seems like if there is somewhere that. You notice that it seems like there's a good source of nectar nearby. It seems like ones that trees that will bloom earlier in the year. Because my thought was you want to try to be in the flight paths, you know, that they're kind of early in the year. Or anything that uh, blooms early, like the fruit trees, like the cherry or apple or something like that, the bees are going to be attracted to it. But if you can insert in like a, a bait hive in that pathway that they fly, they'll notice it more easily and then come and check out your bait hive, and then maybe take up residence.
0: In your case, they do. Yeah. It's fun to have a little bit of a friendly competition with other beekeepers, especially during swarm season. Where I live, swarm season is very competitive. you got to play hard to get those bees. So Wei and I, we have a friendly competition going between each other. Who can catch the most swarms each year? Anytime I catch a swarm and post it on social media... Wei is one of the first people to send me a message saying, "Okay, give me the details."
1: Earlier in the year, this year, I got a, a message where it said, "Are you still looking for a swarm?" I said, "Yeah, that's
0: when um, am I not looking for swarms?" Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's an addiction, I guess.
1: Um, And I said, "Yeah," and um, it's in downtown Portland in those food carts, and they. The police have it kind of, you know, sectioned off so people don't, you know, the police get stuck. were there? Yeah, there was a, well, there was a one policeman there.
0: 911, what's your emergency? There's
1: a bunch of bees everywhere. And I got there it was it was hanging off of the the roof of a food cart there uh that had was closed. I we got there, I forgot my gloves. <laughs> I had my suit, didn't have the gloves. So I was worried about getting stung, so I wrapped a hand in my coat, but they never, during the entire process, they never ever tried to sting me, which is nice.
0: I wonder why they chose that location to camp I don't know. out.
1: Yeah, I don't know. So Even as
0: a temporary spot, I yeah. would think that the smells from the all the food would be Maybe. off-putting.
1: I don't know. That's, that's an interesting question. I, I really don't know.
0: So apparently, a swarm of bees landing at a food cart is not an isolated event. A swarm of bees recently made big headlines when they landed on a hot dog stand in Times Square. As it turns out, the New York Police Department has their very own beekeeper who came in, vacuumed up the bees, and saved the day. If you can come up with a funny bee hot dog pun, please tell me. Let's talk Varroa.
1: So I've only done oxalic acid treatments.
0: You've done the the vaporizer? Yeah, the the vaporizer?
1: vaporizer. And all my hives made it this year which was five colonies yeah at five colonies
0: oxalic acid can be extremely effective on phoretic mites in your hive however it does not take care of any of the mites that are hiding in the brood cells so if you use oxalic acid it's best to use it when you're in a broodless period you can use it on a recently caught swarm You can use it during the winter where there's very little brood in the hive. You can also use it after forcing a brood break by caging your queen. Another method suggests that you can use the oxalic acid vaporizer once a week for four weeks to take care of phoretic mites as they are emerging along with emerging brood. For more information on varroa mite management and treatments available, visit the Honeybeehealthcoalition.org and download their free Tools for Varroa Management PDF. I asked Way what his beekeeping anthem was. You know, the song that you hear in your head as you've had a great day in the apiary?
1: I haven't got that key. <laughs>
0: If you are the kind of geek that has their own beekeeping anthem, I'd love to hear about it. Send it to me at waggleworkspdx at gmail.com. I have a beekeeping anthem, but I want you to guess what it is. Is it A? Is it B?
1: Or is it C?
0: Send your answers to me at waggleworkspdx at gmail.com. I'll be sharing the confidential results on the next episode. And now I want to take a moment and thank all the bees in my hive that make this show possible. Without your love and support and encouragement, I couldn't do it. I also want to make a special shout out to my friend, Megan Parmerlo, who put together the beautiful cover art for the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) I also want to thank the listeners who have reached out to me in the last week with some comments and feedback. Thank you. I love it. Keep it coming. My hive is always open. You can help me help the bees by becoming a patron of this podcast. Visit patron.podbean.com forward slash beekeeper confidential. Even a dollar a month can help me afford things like batteries, more batteries, and more batteries. Until next time, may the buzz be with you.